You're listening to another episode of Beckett's Babies, a playwriting podcast. Every week we discuss plays we love, interview theater artists, and share our thoughts on playwriting and theater. We're your hosts, Sam Collier and Sarah Cho, and today's episode is a little bit of a hybrid. We're going to be discussing the play Kim's Convenience, as well as a topic of adaptation. Um, this play, Kim's Convenience, started as a theater uh, play, and then which was adapted into a TV show. And so we just kind of wanted to talk about the play itself and then compare and contrast um, about what we thought about the play version and the TV version of the play. Um, Kim's Convenience. It's a very funny comedy. Uh, it's about a Korean family, Mr. Kim, the father. He owns and runs his own business. Um, and he hopes that you know, it will provide a secure future for his daughter. But his daughter, Janet, is not interested in taking over the store. <laughs> uh, she wants to be a photographer. And so the story is about um, the father wanting to sort of pass this store down to his daughter. The daughter has no interest. While the world around outside this uh, convenience store, their neighborhood is being developed into walmart <laughs> or like a, a, a competitor is being built nearby um and so it's this question of will this convenience store survive um and we have the story of like his son that he sort of stopped talking to we don't know how many years for a while um and they is this kind of a will he will he not take over the store to keep the 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 family history um so and it's canadian it's canadian is this your first canadian play i think so yeah yeah it's a canadian yeah i thought that was so funny about yeah i mean we'll get into that a little bit more but um yeah it's a canadian play it's it it's an asian canadian play yeah (laughs) yeah um a little bit of background: the 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 play premiered in 2011 Toronto Fringe Festival, uh, where it sold out. Uh, never show it was awarded Best New Play. The production was then invited to open at Soul Pepper Theaters 2012-2013 season, winning Toronto Theatre Critics Awards for Best Canadian Play and Best Actor for Paul Sun Hyung Lee. Um, yeah, so let's get into the play. What did you notice? What did you like about the play? I really liked it. And I was saying to you earlier, I think it's because I've been reading so many heavy things lately, like just very serious, Uh slow, heavy things, I guess. Um, Oh, poetry? Poetry. (laughs) Too much poetry. Yeah. National Poetry Month is over, so time to move on. Um, And this was just so light and funny. I mean, there were definitely, you know, some serious themes, um, but – yeah, I really noticed the humor and the short snippets of scenes. Mm. Mm-hmm. In fact, it already felt very TV-like um, mm-hmm. in its play form, I think, because the scenes were so short. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of funny – yeah, when you say those snippets, I was, like, thinking um, a lot of, like, moments of jokes that it kind of, like, has its own moment mm-hmm. and they kind of move on, like, almost like sketch comedy. Um and I was just like thinking of the also the language, like 
you know, there was, some of it was written Korean, and then so obviously you got the translation. Um, but I was all, but I could read a little Korean, so I was like reading the Korean part <laughs> as I was. So I was like thinking, you know, whoever wants to read those Korean dialogue obviously needs to know Korean. Mm, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and learning that, I thought that was interesting. I I, I don't think I've ever saw Korean language on page, and then. And really? I'm going to play. I don't think so. Like I've seen other languages being written, but I guess this is my first time like cuz this was a Korean play that yeah. I saw it and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting. I've never seen it like this." Um What do you think it added to the play? If it did add anything, what what do you think it How did it change the story for you? Um I don't think it changed much for me. Um I just I because I always kind of go back when I if I when I write a play about you know a Korean family, and I honestly keep thinking about oh you know how is this going to be read or mm-hmm. um, it's always I'm always battling like okay Korean American family but just like I maybe I can't, translation might be a little difficult or like I don't know who's gonna read it or whatever. Um, so there's like a really thick accent. You know, how do I write in a very like the the language of a, a thick accent Korean um, immigrant? You know, it's like mm-hmm. I'm always kind of going back and forth. And I mean, personally for me, like I I have just basic knowledge of Korean. Like I could read and write like a little bit, but it's not like expert level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they call it like kitchen sink, like kind of kitchen table talk. You know, like oh um, cool. And so, like, I have a basic knowledge just because of my grandma. Um, but I just – I always go back and forth on that, like, writing Korean or not. Um, I guess it's, yeah. I'm always constantly thinking about accessibility. Um, yeah, so that was that was my kind of initial impression when I first that, saw that. Um, and I just love the dad. Like, I know. So, he's the best character. I, he is – I'm, like – I kept thinking about um, Uncle Phil from mm. Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like he, I just thought about him when I was reading this play, that, that character, because I was just like, here's like that's a play about you know a black father, uncle, uh, what like um, kind of he's affluent and you know, but mm-hmm. then I just kind of thought about like this other. Um, I don't know. So something about that, the comparison I was trying to make was just that he here was just like a lead male that is just kind of more full of life than like he's not just a side character and kind of has more life to him. Um, yeah. And just kind of baffled by his children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I really love the moment in the play where they talked about, which I think was an inspiration um, from the playwright, but like he has a, a family member owned a store in Los Angeles, South. There was like a LA riots. He took like yeah. He thought um, the owner or his uncle or like I don't know who, but thought the store was going to go under because of the riots and get attacked. So he had his gun ready, but he saw that people uh, from the community were protecting him like protecting the store yeah touching it because of just how he take care took care of the community so i thought that was like a little bit like a history because it's a canadian play but i was like that is such a specific 
LA or American moment, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, um, and the Korean American experience that I felt like it was drawing into this Canadian play, which I thought that was just interesting. I was like, huh. Um, yeah. I really liked that moment also. Mm-hmm. Another of my favorite moments was when he's talking to his son um, and he's saying, you know, I had all these hopes and dreams for you. Um, you have all these hopes and dreams for your baby becoming mm. a star hockey player, I guess. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's okay if he doesn't become that. And And kind of by extension, he was saying it's okay that you're not, you know, who I thought you would be. yeah 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 um oh my other favorite scene is this the daughter when like i worked all these x number of hours for mm. you this is how much you owe me and the father is like and then she's like here's this like here's a number like this is what you owe me like like (laughs) and and then he's all like and then he was like okay then what about your um piano lessons or like what about your this lessons what about this xyz and she starts deducting (laughs) subtracting (laughs) from the amount is like okay enough this is enough like you know i mean that is such like oh my gosh that is such a i don't know if it's like an immigrant or korean but this this play it was it was korean to the max like about money and about religion and like Mm. that relationship with the parent and the kid especially the immigrant if it's immigrant parents um, I was like, this is so it, – it was so uh, biographical. <laughs> um, like That's I had to really work cool. in my parents' store growing up. Yeah. Like I had to work and like how – you know, I'm like, I want to go out and do my own thing, but I'm kind of trapped here. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, the parents always play that card. They play that card of like, look how much we paid for, for all the things for you to invest in you and i'm like yeah you did but i'm also stuck here so you're not letting me go out so <laughs> <laughs> it's like constant battle um okay so any okay so any other thoughts before we move on to the tv adaptation version um no i think we pretty much covered it okay cool. i just thought it was so fun to read so funny yeah um all right so you you watched two episodes i did (laughs) um i couldn't stop (laughs) uh all right so what did you like or what did you notice about the tv version well um it first off i'll say it like it really matched the play in terms of tone and these characters felt immediately familiar i mean mm-hmm. i had just finished reading the play mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but i thought that it captured what i had been imagining in my own mind um exactly mm-hmm. so that was really cool just to see it come to life and then there were moments where i was like oh yeah they're canadian <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it's like um I don't, I, and it's hard to kind of put my finger on exactly what those moments were, but they felt like felt just a little bit not quite familiar, like a little bit foreign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know, maybe the way the people coming into the store would just make little references. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're in Can- we're in Canada. We're in Canada. <laughs> Canada. Um, <laughs> 
And but then the, the biggest difference I noticed right away was that the daughter Janet was twenty rather than thirty, 30. which I thought was a really interesting choice because it's in the play, you know, when if a daughter is thirty and unmarried, mm-hmm. and her parents are like getting a little bit worried about that, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's like a different kind of story than if she's twenty and they're worried right. that she doesn't have a boyfriend yet. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's too. Um, and then before recording, to provide context, like when this play got picked up to be a TV show, um, the playwright Ince Troy and the other creator that he partnered up with, Kevin White. <laughs> Funny story, I was like reading the interview, or um, Ince Troy was like, Kevin White is like the most whitest guy ever. Even his name is White. <laughs> like, you know, like, I thought that was just a funny, like, his first impression. But, um, Kevin's so <laughs> partnered up with Kevin White, and Kevin White brought up the question of, of, you know, in this moment wh- where it takes place in the play, what for the TV show, it was like 10 years prior. Like, mm-hmm. what was happening with the family? And I thought that was such an interesting way to approach to make into a TV. Because obviously for TV, I'm sure they're like thinking about longevity, like the years. And but I was so the things I noticed that they pulled from the play into that pilot was like um, the uh, the and you screenshot this and send it to me. But like the 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 uh, <laughs> what, who's gay, you know, like or who what kind of uh, gay person steals, like who would steal, which gay yeah. would steal, something like that. The kind of comparison or a, a, the type of person that would steal. And then there was a joke in there about a gay person. There's two lesbians. They cancel each other out. Like they can't. <laughs> One steal. lesbian will steal, but two lesbians cancel, cancel each other out. Cancel each other out. But I felt like, like it's like they were inspired by that, and then they did a whole uh, like a running gag of like gay discount on this yeah. pilot episode. Like, and just, like <laughs> deciding who's gay and who's, who's gay, gay. Who's gay. Yeah, like, you're not gay. Like, you're gay. <laughs> and then, like, yeah. So I just thought that was, like, um, like the it felt like the play, they treated the play like, um, like, like an inspirational book or like a, like a, mm. a playbook or something, but they just sort of pulled things to be inspired by. And obviously it was, like, to create another whole world in some way i love that so much yeah so i'm wondering if there i'm definitely gonna keep watching the show (laughs) (laughs) and i'm wondering you know if there are other episodes that take like a little kernel Mm. from one of the scenes in the play and make it into a whole episode yeah yeah um definitely for sure all the 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 characters relationship you know the fathers the father the mother the daughter the son all four of them, like, um, that stayed the same. It kind of like how they yeah. all feel about each other. Although the play, I never got a sense of the sister and the brother were talking to each other. Like they were talking and that, mm. and then in the show version, um, it's like they were still friends. Like, cause she would come over to see him like, Hey, can I, can you help me get a car? You know, dad's bugging me. Right. So that was like, a, that was an interesting change of like, Hmm, that's like a at and at some point are they planning that they lose touch like out of you know they don't they stop talking to to, to each other um oh that's yeah. interesting yeah that's one thing i noticed i also thought they added a lot more about the mom and her 
like church community, which I mm. really loved and how, um, you know, she feels all this social pressure about her children not being as successful as the children of the other people in her church right. community. And um, so it was really great to see her character get more time and mm. attention in the show. Yeah. Oh my God. This makes me think of uh, your a short. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll just tell you. Okay. So <laughs> my mom bought a like a Chinese Vietnamese restaurant, and mm-hmm. and she bought from this Korean guy, and and he sold it to her. Kind of like I don't know. He was kind of like trying to um, oversell like overpriced this business or whatever. I don't know. But my mom was able to like, you know, get a good deal and, you know, bought the restaurant. And in the same city, in the same town, you know, he's Korean. My mom's Korean. We all go to the same Korean church. And then he started to own business. Um, It was like a convenience store, ironically. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's like start making rumors at the church about my mom. Like about about my mom's business. Like about like, oh, because he, you know, he had previously owned it. And he was like, oh, you don't want to go there. So much MSG. So much MSG. Oh, my God. Something like that. And then he sold it to her. Was he like jealous of how well the the restaurant was doing or something? Yeah. Because my mom was like, you know, she really, you know. You know, pulled her sleeve and just like really worked hard to like you know make it good. And she even brought in like uh, new uh, dishes to the menu and was wow. getting all popular. So she yeah. like working really hard. But this guy was like making rumors at the church, and then so like people from a church and you know a lot of the you know Korean church community like they want to help each other. You know, so they're like. A lot of Koreans would come to the restaurant and eat, you know, and my mom would be so grateful for that. And then all of a sudden, they just stopped showing up. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was, like, the most dramatic, like, over-dramatic thing. But I just, like, when you talked about the Korean community, the church, I was, like, thought about that because of the, like, it's also just, like, this competitiveness that I just never understood with Koreans. Um, but, yeah, it just, like, made me think wow. of that. But. Um, and just like the social, social, yeah, pressure, yeah. <laughs> I just remember, like, I was like, "Don't drag me into this." Like, I don't care about. This. How old are you? Um, I think I was seventeen. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, sixteen, seventeen. Um, at that point, I'm like, I just want to apply to college. I want to get the hell out. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I just remember like it was such a turmoil for my mom and just like the whole family because they were like trying to figure out okay so we lost some we lost some members or like we have lost some customers we need to make more brainstorm right now how do we get more people <laughs> and I'm like well maybe we could start selling dessert we don't have dessert <laughs> and my mom's like no no ah, this is too much and then it's like all the kids trying to like figure it out um, wow. Uh, yeah. So that's so mean of that guy. <laughs> I know, and he still has his store. But my, and my mom moved on. Um, I also really liked another thing I loved in the play was how the dad would quiz people about like important Korean dates. Yes. Or um, was it like 
Korea's Korean proudest history. moment. Or like Independence Day or yeah. something like that. And then I love about that character's like attribute, personality trait, and they brought that into the TV show when it was like it was yeah. short, but at the end when Janet um goes on a date with a Korean guy that the mom had tried to set up, <laughs> and then he was like What's the Korean Independence Day? You know, like, and he and, and he says the answer. He's like, okay, good job, goodbye. You know, have a good night. You know, and then the, the daughter was like, I told you he was gonna ask that, like, you know, <laughs> prepping prepping him. Um, yeah. But I just love that that um, the characters' personalities and the what made them so funny and unique that they brought into the show. Yeah, me too. Um, I I had, I had I had such mixed feelings about. Even though, so the actors who played the mom and the dad were the same, but for some reason, I thought the mom in the TV version was just so over the top. I don't know. Like, mm. she was like, this whole setting up the daughter with the different Koreans, like a, like a job interview style, like all of that. Like, I, it was like, I didn't have that impression that she was that kind yeah. of mom in the play version. So you felt like she was written differently? Yeah, maybe just a little bit. Like I, I thought she was just so, um, mm. like almost stereotypical Asian mom, like Korean mom, uh, in a way that was like almost like they were on the edge of that, you know, there anymore. And I was like, wow, that's getting we're getting to the stereotype. But, and it's like too um, much, a little too much. Like the father had a really great running gag of like discount <laughs> you know and then it was just like such a funny thing and it's like they were trying to figure out what to give to the mom that similar joke mm. but this of like but this like putting the pressure on the daughter and then like this whole like interview style like i was like it just felt a little out of place for some reason for me yeah that makes sense um because i mean i think well i, I kind of play, wonder yeah i feel like in the play the mom is not as much of a character like she's just kind of in the background mm. and yeah. so i wonder if in bringing her to the forefront more and just kind of fleshing her out as a character mm. they just went in the direction of making her more i don't know just like hamming her up more yeah um i could see that rather than filling in more information about mm -hmm. her who she yeah. is or her background. I don't know. I feel like for this play or the TV version, like every sitcom, I just feel like they have this like opposing characters of kind of over the top, kind of like out there character and then like more grounded characters. And I, mm -hmm. I have kind of felt like they may try to make the parents that like that over the top kind of funny, bigger than life sort of characters. And then the kids to be more like mm. sort of grounded and to be that opposition. Um, That's interesting. And yeah, so that that I, I kind of wonder if they, in doing that, they're trying to think of like the mom. How do we make her equally that over the top, larger than life type character, like the dad in a way? Um, yeah. I mean, they're all really grounded still, but I think they were trying to figure that. But it's just like, yeah, I was like, I don't know that picking this as her like, uh, target of, of of her daughter must find a person like not cannot be single was like the right choice, but I don't know. Well, especially because she's twenty. I, I mean, yeah. and she's like in 
college and um yeah i see i definitely see your point well i wonder if did you want to make any predictions about i know you've watched a few episodes of the show mm-hmm. but which i kind of forgot already but I watched where do you think it will go because it's um, isn't it four or five seasons yes i think so yeah i think it's like five seasons and they canceled um okay so in the pilot right pilot is like you're just setting up where all the relation you kind of want to see the relationship go Mm -hmm. um like we know the father has like a not so good relationship with the son we know the father's relationship with the wife kind of like they they seem to butt heads about when it comes to raising the kids sometimes but they like Mm -hmm. obviously love each other um Mm -hmm. and the father's relationship with the daughter the daughter obviously has like cannot get on the same page with the dad they just don't see eye to eye um and then the mother's relationship with the son like they still have the relationship they talk to each other and then the daughter he's she's starting to support um and then the son so i'm just like thinking like in this blueprint like i kind of seeing um at least for the first season the big question of will the father and the son talk to each other like will yeah. they reconnect or not that's like a big thing I, I could see the 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 show trying to answer that question or not um and then I still don't know if it's the right choice but like will the mother succeed in finding a boyfriend or a a person for the daughter mm-hmm. or will it will she kind of accept her as who she is and like being a, a photographer or whatever. Um, yeah. Cause I also want to know more about the mom and what her own interests mm-hmm. are, you know, beyond yeah. just what she wants for her children. Yeah. Um, in the play version, there was this, you know, this outside force of a Walmart being built nearby. Yeah. So I kind of wondered if, like, they're going to start bringing that. I thought they would bring in the first in the pilot, but I kind of remember him saying something about the city, like the town, I mean, with gay pride, and this was all happening, like, how much the town has changed. Yeah. He's like, where did all these gay people come from? Come from, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and so I wonder if that was, like, alluding to, like, the town and then this this outside force is competing antagonist mm-hmm. that's going to come in later but that's just sort of setting up but then so that's kind of the three things i guess is like yeah because in the play his friend offers to buy the store and right. that's the big question yeah um oh yeah and then the, yeah the, there was um that other asian guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i forgot his name mr. i don't know if that, if that was mr lee i don't know but he was he came into the store and he was like talking to the dad and about his store and stuff so there's another character there um mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's. Do you have any other? Do you have predictions or like where would you like to see the show go? Um, I want to know more about. So in the second episode, there's mm-hmm. more about the daughter's Janet's photography and her, mm-hmm. um, kind of growing artistic interest and skill. And so I just want to know more about that and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's really funny because the dad has all these pictures he's taken like as a hobby. He's taken all these pictures of trees, and um, <laughs> he's trying to impress Janet's friends from school with his pictures. And they're like, "That's not that good." 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I was I was just really interested in her art. Mm. Do you think? Okay, so I just watched this movie last night, um, but right before I went to bed, like called The Mitchell versus the Machines. It's like animated movie on Netflix. Okay, and that movie is about. It's really, it's really out there. I don't know. I thought it was such a insane distracting movie but um but um but in that is about a father-daughter relationship mm-hmm. um like the father not understanding the daughter and the daughter wanting to be understood by the father like do you think that is um like i don't know overused trope <laughs> or something like mm. i don't know of a story or do you think that's actually like i mean if it's a trope for a story it's probably true for some reason but um it is very common common yeah i just like i saw that movie and i was like do you think there are more father daughter stories than there are father son i mean there are a lot of father son stories Mm -hmm. i feel like that's the most common and then father daughter and then mother daughter Mm. but what about there aren't that many mother son stories are there i don't think so I mean, I can't think of. That's like the least. Yeah, I think I think we're just it's because we live in a patriarchal society, and so. Mm. <laughs> well, there's always got to be like, I'm just. Well, I'm thinking of like maybe British shows. There's <laughs> like a lot of British shows. <laughs> and then because the Queen. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was I was just thinking about all that and how those tropes seems to be like so common and just i don't know i felt it watching that movie last night i was like man this feels so like overdone like mm. i don't want to see any more father-daughter stories anymore what would um, you like to see instead um hmm <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know if it's gonna be if it's gonna be father-daughter story this whole like misunderstood one part is like, I don't know. I, don't, I kind of don't want to see that anymore. Yeah. Like, All right, folks. Well, you heard it here first. Stop writing those <laughs> stories. Think of something you know, new. You know what people are going to do? They're like, when you tell them not to do something, they'll do even more. So <laughs> I'm going to see it like, like just. What about like, grand grandfather, granddaughter story? Oh, I love it. I want that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a cute one. Oh, my gosh. I'm so distracted right now because an eight-week-old puppy, I think, is walking by my window. I think he's about eight weeks. He's so tiny. Oh, my gosh. Tiny puppies. Okay. I'm back. Um. <laughs> All right. So, Listeners, if you have a chance to see the show or read the play, let us know what you thought about the adaptation um, or just like an adaptation in general. Like, I'm so curious to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah. Because I know there are people who are just like, I love adaptation. I only do adaptations. I only write adaptations. Really? Are there people like that? I feel, I don't think so. (laughs) I mean, it is, I feel like it is, uh, a way to make money <laughs> and just in what do you general. think about tv and movies like only looking for pre-existing stories like novels and plays rather than just coming up with a new idea i mean it's the most annoying thing 
but it's like they're obviously they don't want to spend millions of dollars <laughs> on like a brand new ideas and stories. I mean, they can, but like they don't want to. So they're like, I'd rather invest in a built-in audience that we know that mm. could work. Um, I mean, that's how I, was, I felt like it looked and seemed that way. Um, I never thought about it as a built-in audience, but that makes so much sense. And it's like vertical integration. Like, so they're like, we have the book. We know there's an audience. We can make the TV show and the movie. We'll know the audience will we go from there. We know the story is successful. Story is successful. Take a risk, people. You're the industry that has all the money. I know. God, uh, you coming on playwrights to take uh, all the risks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's giving all those like novelists and writers who are probably, you know, almost near death and living on the street, <laughs> like <laughs> a hope of having a home. But it's yeah, it's just like it. That's why like. It's just crazy how many books get optioned and then just yeah. like and – and I've heard writers who wrote a book, got optioned, and nothing happens to it. They're just like nothing oh, really? happens to it. They just – It was dangled in front of them. Exactly. And then they're just like it's not being made into anything, but, you know, it's under a contract. Like no one could touch this except this one studio or this <gasps> one production company or what? whatever until they have the time to get to it or they feel like it's the right moment. Um, but it's just like sometimes you have a piece of original work that just sort of gets stuck and then that shelved. doesn't seem right. No, it's horrible. They should at least pay a kill fee or something to be like, I know we kept you in limbo for five years and now we're not going to do it. Oh God, I I follow so many like musical artists that like they all share the similar story, especially in the '90s. For some reason, there were all these like engines of like artists doing similar type of pop music because they were getting hits you know and then they were just like studio taking that album and not promoting it or anything or doing anything with it but they just wanted to have it <laughs> and then oh those artists they can't go on tour they can't they can't like sing that song because it's like owned like it's so crazy like so yeah it's just it's a vicious vicious <laughs> world of money grubbing uh companies but um, wow. yeah, that's that's what that's why like graphic novels, all those action movies, all the um, what is it? Um, Marvel movies, mm-hmm. TV shows, all it's yeah, crazy. I don't think I've seen any of those Marvel movies. Oh God! Or I wait, is Black Panther Marvel? Yes, that's I think that's the only one I saw. Oh okay, I mean that's a good one. But the whole universe, I mean, like, I was really into the universe, like, from 2000 to 2010. And then, you know, I did, I, something happened to me that I feel like a lot of people don't do is grow up. (laughs) I grew up, you guys. Like, I got over it. Oh, good job, Sarah. Um, but yeah, I sometimes, I mean, like, whatever. You grew up in 2010. (laughs) Were you 20? I think so. uh, yeah, I was twenty. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that's such a lie. Because then, in, in the, even in my mid, my in my early twenties, I was still liking. I was trying to get catching up to the. New what do you think is the best years? Marvel movie? Ooh. Uh, um, um, um. Honestly, I love. I just love X Men. All right, I'll watch that one, I, and then that'll be even like the two thousand, like the first. I love X-Men. I just – I think I love just this, like, team – like, this, like, all individually 
different unique powers different people they don't know what they think it's their weakness or their flaw but they mm-hmm. sort of like find a community with professor xavier and then like team <laughs> fighting together like i kind of like love it i've always loved even the the um the cartoon from like the 90s <laughs> like, i don't mm-hmm. know what it was i even loved it i love x-men is probably just like will always have a place in my heart and then oh my gosh logan X-Men. It was basically <laughs> Hugh Jackman retiring as Wolverine, which was the saddest thing ever to watch, but it was so beautiful. And I was like, this is the... Yeah, I think that's the movie that closed my chapter. I was like, I don't think I, I can ever watch graphic novel movies anymore or wow. Marvel movies because I was like, he closed that chapter in my life. <laughs> so really, like, you didn't grow up. You just had your heart broken. That's part of growing up. All right, let's move on to Glistens. <laughs> All right, I can talk about you go first. Okay, okay. Um, so on topic of uh, food, I guess. Um, there was there's this Portuguese Filipino um, bakery that opened up Mm. three blocks um, from where we live, and oh my god, it's so good! I had this like butter cheese brioche, like melted cheese on top, so like salty and sweet. Oh, and warm, and it was like melting in my mouth when I took a bite. And then they had orchatas. Um, I had the matcha orchata. It was so good. I'm gonna try their strawberry. Like I'm like so happy. But also, it's our our little like exercise walking route. You know, we just like take that walk. Mm. <laughs> so it's gonna we're just gonna like I know we're gonna stop by, and every time we go for a walk, we're gonna stop there because it's so good. Um, that sounds so nice. And they have like these thick cookies, like thick dense soft cookies that's like mm. their award-winning the best kind of cookie oh i know so good um what's the best flavor um i really i just i just like the chocolate chip mm. cookie just oh so i love i just like love when the chocolate chip cookie is just packed with chocolate <laughs> and then like yeah. butter and it's like that's it um so yeah i we actually after record i'm we might go there I think you have to. You're just dreaming about it. Yeah. All right. What's your glisten? Well, on the same theme, um, my glisten is this donut shop here in Belfast called The Only Donut. And they make donuts out of potatoes. Have I talked about this before? It's like there's a kind of donut recipe that's maybe very traditional where you Mm. use potatoes. um, And it makes like a very rich dense kind of donut and i've never been a donut person like i really i don't like crispy cream donuts like i've never liked donuts but um i really like these donuts i'm trying to think of like what is i'm trying to think of a comparison like what oh you mean with the potatoes yeah like the texture like what's it like um it's like it's more cakey i think than cakey Mm -hmm. or yeah it's Mm. like but not as chewy. It's so, well, I I guess I mean yeah. I haven't eaten a lot of donuts in my life because I don't usually like them. But I uh, I think mm-hmm. of a traditional donut as being maybe like a lighter texture, and these are more mm. substantial. Yeah, because there's like the yeast raised donut, mm, and then yeah. there's like the cake one you described, like the cake donut, which is really dense. Yeah. Um. So I'm kind of when you when you mentioned potato, like I kind of imagine like. 
I don't want to say mochi, but something more like chewier than a cake. Oh yeah, it's not. It's not so much chewy though. It's not like mochi. Yeah. yeah. But it it does feel like it has more substance to it. Mm. I bet they can make it like a savory too. Oh do they yeah, savory they have one? so many flavors. I, I'll see if they have any savory ones that makes me go. They had one called Sea Smoke that I had a couple months ago. That was like it was like a chocolate donut, and then it had, I think, like a coffee frosting and then like smoked like hickory smoked sea salt sprinkled on it so good this is but i mean it felt like i was eating a piece of cake (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was not a breakfast item i kind of i'm like thinking like they probably took the potato and then that was their base and they started like adding the flour to the potato and the the uh Mm -hmm. sugar and all the flavor Wow. Because I like making um, like a potato pancake. Like if I take leftover mashed potatoes mm, for breakfast the next day, I'll so make a good. little yeah. like, potato pancakes. Um, oh, okay. I'm hungry. Listeners, <laughs> are you hungry? <laughs> um, all right. That's it for our show. Thanks so much for listening. Um, let us know what your thoughts are. And if you have a favorite bakery chef. Don't forget to like and share and review our episodes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Beckett's Babies. If you enjoyed what you heard or learned a thing or two about playwriting, Be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast with your friends. And if you'd like to reach out and share with us your thoughts on playwriting and theater or maybe be a guest on the show, uh, be sure to visit our website at www.beckettsbabies.com. That's www.beckettsbabies.com, and you can contact us there. Thanks for listening.